0: Cat Mario, it's very sad. It's the James Mason podcast <laughs> hour. Is that anything?
1: I have energy for nothing.
0: The heat. The heat has sapped you from the energy.
1: It's been one of the coldest April's it's been- on record. It's been one of the coldest Re- April's on record in Pittsburgh. And for the last three days, it's been in the 80s. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be 30 degrees.
0: How does heat work? How does weather even work? You know? It's. It's You know what's crazy? It's cold here. It's 56 degrees here. It's 80 degrees where you live. I don't think weather's a thing.
1: There are I'm, mountains between us. I'm starting us. to think are, that are there's... literal mountains. Are you sure it's not that the world is flat? I, I blame Amazon for all of this. Probably a Bezos. This is like some sort of Amazon's Bezos problem.
0: Fault. Amazon, the rainforest. We got to get rid of it,
1: right? We used to have Amazon rainforests, so and now all we have is Amazon Primes. So it's, it's almost like a sad. Trumpian...
0: <laughs> all right. There, I and, it,
1: and it's the saddest thing
0: you're you're hot you're dying
1: there were beautiful trees i'm cold and now all we get is uh
0: boxes we brown boxes
1: we, we get pokemon ad free remember that time and it's, and it's very sad
0: remember for that short amount of time when the amazon icon on phones was a hitler smile no i remember it
1: um i don't know what you're talking
0: about there you that know how the, you know how sweet. the amazon app is a smile no no okay we won't litigate this
1: i don't have the amazon app I'm not a Bezos sympathizer.
0: This podcast is only about the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap for the week of 425 Blaze It be with you. Um, Obviously, every week... We've been doing this, this is this is going to be almost, we're, we're nearing our 300th episode, and every single episode of this podcast, including the last one, Prove It, you can check the tapes, has been about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Every single episode has been about that. And only recently did that joke actually make sense. Um, I have a question. Yeah.
1: So that that is so, like, gone. Like, that is such a distant, like, thing at this point, the slap... Why are you? Why are you? Why is it still like fresh with you?
0: It's my thing that I, you know, how, you know how sometimes it's some sort. Of, there has got to be some sort of thing. Well, I was thinking about other. I, I quickly tried to think of ways to open the podcast, and I thought that that would be a good one. Um, but I, it, maybe there's some sort of thing, you know, the same way that when you know are like, hey, you know what? I I I'm not bothered by it at all. But don't you hate when people wear Crocs? Ugh. I hate Crocs so much. I'm not bothered by it, but I—who's I, wearing Crocs here, right? I'm not—I'm not bothered by it. I'm, I just hate that. It's something like that where it's like you really actually are bothered by it. You're bringing it up a, a weird amount. Um, so maybe there's maybe a part of my brain, maybe more of my brain is occupied by uh, the Will Smith slap than I thought. Well,
1: so considering that the Will that the slap slapgate slap, slapgate
0: slapgate slap slap gate was 2021
1: covered in the last podcast. It and was the covered. fact that you're still on it indicates to me that there's nothing to talk about this
0: week. Oh my god. Like, L- well,
1: if, if nothing has happened to you in the last three weeks, we're good. We can end we're it. We're done?
0: Here. You're too hot? OK. Um. Like, is, is that all you've got? You've got the slap gate? I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been playing video games. You want to talk about that this week? Fine. All right. So
1: So we met up. We played, we oh, played yeah. board games. We played we some played good some board games. We played Wingspan, which is a uh, everyone knows Wingspan, right? It's a uh, Stone Games creators. But Wingspan of, is the new.
0: Nice. It is the new um uh, Catan Capistry. in in this in a industry. way, yeah. Um, the, while we were while we met up and played Wingspan, there was on Long Island there was a board game convention in the cradle of aviation, and uh there the there was like a different there's a bunch of different games but apparently wingspan was like the grand final like was one of the biggest games that, that people are playing that's over funny. there that, um, yeah that's interesting and wingspan is is ridiculously popular and you know playing it i've played it a bunch of times actually and playing it this time i think that at the very least like the the i i was thinking about what do wingspan what does um, Catan have in common? Why are these games the games that like get critical mass? Like what? What? Like and and I was thinking in general about games that have critical mass and how it's so weird. Like I, I guess until uh, baby boomers die off and the Earth is able to uh, bounce back from this horror, the, the horrifying global catastrophe of global warming. We won't Once Elon be, Musk buys we, Twitter. We won't be able to. Uh we'll, people at large will still think that the board game that gets played is Monopoly. Um and that people will say, "Oh, you like board games, which of one of them do you like? Do you like Twister or Monopoly?" And it's like there's it's a whole I feel
1: like everyone is just like this current generation, it's nothing but Uno. It's Uno. I don't even I don't think you think even it, you you think it went, Uno.
0: So so do you think that a thing is happening where our generation is a bell curve and Uh, our parents were like there's two board games Twister and Monopoly and then we were like there's a thousand billion board games and then the next generation below that is like there's just Uno there's not even Monopoly there's just Uno do you think that that's what's happening? I don't know so I don't know so I do think it's interesting um, but having played it this this recent time I would say it was one of my favorite plays of it I guess some of board games is who you play it with and I think it was a really good table of people that, that seemed to be enjoying it a fair amount um the scores except for my score which is incredibly low uh were very close uh literally uh the the I I think I, my score was 56 points and then the other uh, there was, we played with four people and uh the other scores were like 68 70 and 71 so ridiculously close um
1: yeah it was a, I, I thought the game was all right I mean it's a there's a lot of different birds. It, There's a lot the of variety. Birds. Was okay. Uh, I liked the art. I like the I art. I thought the game was alright. I, I didn't feel like I made like a crazy amount of decisions. All of your moves feel like pretty low impact, and, and I especially feel for like for a long time,
0: you, you kind of get a larger impact. The the game is designed on paper, I think, pretty well, because there's some really cool elements. Like, number one, one thing that I really love about this game, and I think this is probably why this game is so popular, is that um, you do, like, one thing on your turn, and it passes very quickly. Uh, Like, you can have a good idea of, like, like, the game, there's kind of like these, you kind of build up three tableaus of birds. There's, like, water birds, uh, land birds, and forest birds or something, and... You're putting the birds down in these slots, and like sometimes they do things. But also, as you put more birds down in those tableaus, the power of that tableau gets stronger. I know that like the like water birds are related to the amount of draw you get. the The more water birds you put down, the the better draw. Like the more draws you'll have, the more card draw you you'll have. Bit, yeah. Um, there, the... there's
1: essentially yeah. So there are like three tableaus. You have like the the forest one, which is based around food, which and food summons birds. Uh, you have the prairie, which is uh, how you eggs. get eggs. Yeah, eggs award victory points
0: and are sometimes utilized and you, elsewhere. And you
1: need and you need eggs to summon more birds, and then you have the draw, which is also like summoning more birds. So you kind of need to like have a have like an equal, even distribution in, in a way. Sometimes, so, some so people that, just
0: skirted it completely, but...
1: That's true. But but it does help to, you know, because you need all three things. You need the food, the eggs, and the the draw to get the birds on the field to get the points.
0: Especially early on, though, like, there's a good... Like, it, it's, it's kind of... I, I, I agree with you, actually, on this topic, because I think that when you... I, I would be really interested to look back at, or, like, look at maybe high-level play or something, or... Uh, look back at at a, at a, a review of the uh, or not a, not a review but like re- review what happened in the game and how many choices I really did have because especially in the beginning you you're very limited and you're usually limited by a resource at any time you're like you know it's either I have birds that I want to summon but I don't have the food so I must now get the food or I have food and I don't have birds or like. Maybe it's just, you know, eggs, mostly, most of the time, eggs are, like, something you just do if you think you have a better play coming up, or you the other plays aren't as good, or, you know, you just want victory points by the end of the game. But for the most part, you're kind of, like, limited in those two aspects of, like, do you have the food to summon the birds? Do you have the birds to even summon? And because of that, like, I wonder how many choices you're ever making in a lot of cases. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, that's I, I I get what you're saying. And, and that's that was sort of my criticism on. I feel like, uh, yeah, Wingspan has pretty much been uh, described as a gateway game. And I think that, yeah, it is pretty easy to understand. It's e- easy to, to, to play. But yeah, I, I do feel like it's kind of limited. And it's like you, you do lose out on some of the creativity that you would get playing a game like uh, Terraforming Mars.
0: Sure. which is um, like
1: a more open ended sort of a tableau building game. It certainly
0: certainly does not, like... If if, if this game is to be called um, an engine builder, which I guess it's just technically more of a tableau builder, um, it certainly is not, like... You don't get that, like, engine rolling until deep in the game. And also the game gets... There's a lot of things on paper. Like, I feel like this game was very intelligently designed to be a good gateway game because... The, like, like you, you you have, like, these action cubes of, like, what you're gonna do, but you, but as we said before, like, you're, the actual things you're allowed to do are so limited, and then you do you use up one cube, and then you pass it around, and the first the first time, the first round you play, you have eight turns, you have eight actions, so it'll go around the table eight times, the second time is seven, uh, six, five so, the game gets shorter as it goes, which is and, like, the, the, the overall power level of the game increases as it goes so like if you well, have
1: you could say that it gets shorter but at the, i mean at the at the same time your actions become larger
0: yeah like you can get to do some better get... things but
1: for the most part like because you're taking multiple actions on one turn because of the way that you're like now whenever i summon an egg yes. i get to activate this bird and this bird and this bird
0: sure so that so so there, there is a slight there's a slight balance to that but for the most part like a lot of Turns can just be summarized by, like, um, oh, like, oh, I need to get food. I'm getting food right now. You can basically, like, go on your turn if you're not going to... Especially if your action doesn't overlap. Like, if the next person isn't going to draw, then it really doesn't matter if they start their turn, for the most part. Um, so, the, the I do like... Because in another game, what they could... Like, in some games will do something where... Like I could imagine a wingspan in an alternate universe where you do everything, where like it starts as your turn Darn. and you you roll for food, roll it's for over. food again, roll for draw, put play yeah. this card, and because they That's like
1: here's my morning, my afternoon, and my evening, yeah, like in rude or something. Be, yeah,
0: because they've like they've 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 taken a turn of of a board game and cut it so small that like. A lot of times it would come around to me. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to roll for food. I'm getting this and this. You can go. And that would be it. And I, I feel like the game... So the game has a great speed to it. The pacing, I think, is really good. And yeah, I, I think that... I, I guess it's just interesting. Like, why do players... Like, I, 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 I do understand, like, an intermediary game. A game that is, like, Wingspan. Maybe if you... Um, you know, you're you're coming from Uno, like like the, the 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 Gen Zers or whatever. I actually really don't know the generations. I feel um, like
1: Gen X is Gen X you know, is the big but, Uno.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you're coming from Uno or something, then I could understand Wingspan being a, a little bit extra to wrap your head around, at least in the first play, like early on. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. Like it, it does not like it, it is it is a enjoying and satisfying game, but there's just, just like, no meat there, you know? Like, there's nothing, there's no, like, meat at the end of the day. And Terraforming Mars is a very good example of a game that, like, I don't think is that much harder of a teach. I think, I don't...
1: It's the thing about Terraforming Mars that is so fascinating is that it is such a large deck of cards, and every single card is unique. and, And I think that that is the strength of the game. It's a game, it's terraforming Mars, which we're not here to talk about. But terraforming Mars is interesting because it does have a low barrier to entry, but the skill ceiling is so high. Of knowing, you, like if you know the cards, you don't deck know the, cards the synergies, terraforming right? Mars. Like you won't. Yeah, if like you if, know the synergies, you can make assumptions about what your enemies have, like based on what cards they're playing. Like oh, based on that, maybe he's holding like hydroponics or something. So I should assume hydroponics isn't in the deck. Based so on instead, that spliff in should... his
0: mouth, he's holding the hydroponics. Yeah, um, uh, it is. It is. It is different though, because it is a, li- a little bit harder. Like I, 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 the one thing I would say in Wingspa- to wingspan's credit is that for the most part, you don't really need to know. Like I, I think you guys were all comfortable playing that game without really understanding like what would possibly be in that bird deck and in terraforming Mars. Um, the, the cards are interesting and complex and can be used to generate these massive engines, but if, if you haven't played the game and seen a lot of the cards, like, you're under—like, a, a person playing Terraforming Mars the first time, and I believe I did this too, would probably just be, like, showing their hand to their friends, like, hey, I have this card and this card and this card. Like, is this good? I don't understand. Like, I'm not getting it yet. And then— the deeper you get in, the more of the cards you've seen, you might be like, okay, I've seen cards that, that can combo in this way, so you can go, you know, like, I'll go, I'll make a lot of kelp, or something, make a lot of oxygen using the kelp, I'll use some sort of thing to, like, just make a mad amount of kelp. Um, So it, so it is very hard, and, and it, it, until you've seen that deck, it is very hard to, like, actually make a, a game plan, whereas Wingspan, you almost don't need a, wings, a game plan, like, the game plan is, like, what you have available to you, for the most part, um, but I think it's a. I think it's a good game. There's a place for it. I'm. I don't. I don't fully understand why even board gamers like that game that much, though. You know, like it's. It is a really. Wingspan is a great game for. Um, like you're teaching. Like you're bringing it to like a family outing, and you're teaching it to people who don't understand board games, and then their like minds are alight with like, wow, what if we played again? And I had this card and this card, and I created an engine, and it's like, yes, you're understanding. That's what a board game can do. Um, and, and you not being bored yourself and the way that you could be during like a Monopoly or something but it also doesn't reach that level of like I want to yeah. play like round and round and round of that. Um, we also let's played... talk about some more interesting games. Yeah, we also played Paranormal Detectives. Not a ton to say about that We've but talked I... about it before. It, that is a blast. Uh, it's still a blast. We've...
1: But let's describe it briefly. So it's a party game where essentially one person uh, plays as a ghost the others are all detectives The ghost gets a prompt about how they died, and they need to provide clues to the detectives in order to help them solve the mystery around how they died. Uh, but it's not as simple as just telling them. Uh, they, they could be like using the ghost rope, uh, describe where you were when you died, and then you would have to like uh, arrange this twine in a way that would give them a hint. And there's like a bunch of different ones. Uh, one of them is like, draw on my, you could like draw on their back to tell them like who killed you. Or there's one that's like a ghost pen where you take their hand and you try to draw something. So there's all these neat little, <laughs> I don't want to call them mini games. Yeah, Ouija uh, but board. But they're almost like these little mini games about you trying to give them clues and them trying to piece it together. And And some of the prompts are very challenging. Like there is we, we got this one prompt about this um, pyromaniac firefighter, and it was so hard to describe to the players that the assailant was a firefighter. I had to yeah. try to draw like a hydrant or like use running water. And then it was like, all right, so you're a, a firefighter. Sure. But then like, how did you die? And then you know, so there's like a lot of different like questions that they have to answer to get it right and uh it's a a good one it's a good party game it's very easy to understand it's very jump in jump out the rounds are pretty quick and snappy so as people are like coming and going you could like tag people in pretty pretty easily i I think it's it's just a really nice flexible fun one
0: yeah i i still think that of the party games that like i think just like sing super hard that is like i could imagine bringing this anywhere and people just falling in love with it, It's probably Wavelength like that game. That one is
1: so easy. There's no setup. There's there's so no there's
0: no setup. There's no explanation to it. And the other thing that I really enjoy about Wavelength is it does that thing where more so than a lot of other board games, you're spending quality time with someone. Um, yeah,
1: it's about like their chatting. thoughts.
0: It's kind of like it's really interesting. Like I mean, like again, to like quickly set up Wavelength is like what what you don't you like draw a prompt and it's like. Uh, it'll say, The prompt will be like, handsome, ugly, uh, in one way on the other. And then you show it to people, and then you say, Leonardo DiCaprio. And you have placed, you know, Leo DiCaprio on a spectrum between handsome and ugly. Nah,
1: th- so the way that it works is that the spectrum is randomly decided. Like, you have to spin it and, oh, and crank okay, it, and then it reveals itself. And then you have to come up with a prompt. So let's say that you, uh, you get the handsome, ugly card... You spin the spectrum wheel, then you open it. You see that it's like somewhere in between, like more on the side of handsome versus ugly. And then you would say Conan O'Brien, you'd have to come up with someone and be like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then they have to, you know,
0: they have to figure figure out out. in in a lot of cases, they have to figure out what you think, which I think is one of the most interesting things. And And that's also the party game element of it, of like, not only did this require... 10 seconds of rules explanation and once someone sees it for the one the first time it's like done yeah i i can go with this i can i can keep going um the the cool thing is like sometimes you see like that leo dicaprio prompt or whatever like it can sometimes get people saying like wait hold on you think you know jared leto is ugly like why do you think that or something like oh i hate him in this movie and that i think is a really cool thing because it, it just prompts a lot of discussion um but that's that's some board games uh, what have you been playing?
1: So I got a VR headset.
0: You did. You're, you're, I got the. Did you the ever play VR Invex. at my
1: house? No, I didn't play VR. At okay,
0: because you're because you're you're saying a lot of things that are like that. Like I I, I could have told you about like why I don't um, use mine right now. I think that you have a much better headset, so I'm not. I saying, have I'm, the best one. You, so I'm so I'm certainly not saying like I'm not trying to rain on your parade at all. But there are some like you know minor issues with VR. I've
1: I have mine calibrated. Um so it looks pretty good. Uh do you have room scale VR?
0: Uh what is that?
1: Or are you like using poor person VR? Do you have like the laser grid? Um setup? I ha- I have the, the base stations. It,
0: the the two stations. Yeah, like I have a so like my mine does is not like a literal like just stand in one spot VR. I think that I yeah, think when you, you, can you say move poor person space. Yes. Yeah, my, mine okay. is the the uh Oculus and uh, it and is Do
1: you have the hand grips?
0: Yes, I have two that, there's two and, and controllers. That they
1: accentuate each finger.
0: Yes. Um they there there's like the, the the triggers on the grip are like so reactive to the point where like just you like could you're flip twitching people off. Yeah, you could do stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Uh what have you played? You played Half-Life Alex? How much did you play?
0: I did not play any Half-Life Alex because I haven't really played it in a long what did you time. Play? Um in the I, I for so first of all, I got my my Oculus uh six seven years ago like a long time ago and the technology i think was a lot earlier then. i would be interested to see because my um so first of all i would say one thing that that like i i don't play a lot of vr and i don't play vr now because um on my my older computer like it looked pretty fine but the games i think weren't as good looking and uh, I think that as Oh you got to try
1: it man. Now you have to try it on the new computer.
0: I I am th- sure that like that is an element of it but one thing is that the um the the screens in in the Ocul- in the Oculus that I have uh, are are pretty fat pixely like you can actually see uh, um, the the like ac- the, the the difference of the pixel like like it's it's kind of sucks. like it's like um, being close to like a CRT TV where you can uh. kind of see the pixels a little bit. So it's not like a, it's not like super super smooth, which kind of hurts. And also, I wear glasses, and I don't have a lot. I don't really have uh, – I don't think I have any contacts right now. Um, and I remember when I was playing VR, I basically always had to put in contacts because you can – there's enough room to fit the glasses, but it, it really is, like, immersion-breaking. It's kind. It's somewhat uncomfortable, and you're, like, shoving the glasses into the VR. And the other thing that kind of annoys me about VR is, like, my bo- – people who wear glasses are probably aware of like how constantly the glasses get fogged up and how like you just sometimes live with it and then someone will be like your glasses are like gross and you're like oh yeah fuck they're like covered in whatever like weird space dust um and yeah and with the with the oculus especially with the glasses it's like fucking everything one thing is dirty like either one of the oculus lenses is dirty or my glasses are dirty and i wipe it down and then i put the oculus back on and then i just move the smudge somewhere else and And it's still, and like trying to get that perfect immersion is very difficult. And, uh, again, like the, the, um, display on the older Oculus, it is like, it's good, but you definitely can kind of see where the, where like the actual pixels in the, the eye, the two ITVs are.
1: Yeah. So I got the valve index. It's like the one, it was a thousand dollars, which is a, a fucked up price. Um, that is a lot. You get the... It's like you, you could, almost headset. can't wonder
0: why VR hasn't been a, a thing yet.
1: You get the headset. Uh, you get the two hand uh, controllers. You get the base station. Um, and you get uh, Half-Life Alyx comes with it and some other stuff. I. It, it feels like the first... It, it's hard to say. It's almost like when you picked up the Switch for the first time and you put it into the docking station and you were like oh this kind of feels innovative that's kind of interesting and cool with vr it was that but for me like dialed up to like 10 or 11 i was so blown away like walking this is this is your first
0: ever like you haven't even done it like a trade show okay
1: yeah so first time ever wearing it like it did take some calibrating like of uh Okay, like it was like, oh, if the headset is too far down or too far up, then it's blurry. So I have to get it like right here and then like calibrate the lens distance here. The the headset tightness to here. And but once I got that all figured out, uh, it looks so sick. And the the thing that like stood out to me when I was playing Half Life Alex is I, I think that in a lot of cases, we, we've hit this point with video games where these amazing vignettes will happen, these big set piece moments. And we'll be like, yeah, wow, that's cool. But in VR, it feels like a totally different thing where these like giant striders are like stepping over you and and like you're looking around and you're like seeing it. And I, I feel like this is a thing that people have been like, yeah, idiot. This has been going on like VR is not new. But I was just like blown away playing Half-Life i and like. Seeing these things happen and like holding like holding a gun and like pressing the button to reload yeah. it cock cocking the gun like you get these um gravity gauntlets which let you like um flick things to you like sort of a like the gravity gun from Half-Life 2 where you could like point at something and then flick it and it'll move to you. You can like grab it so you could do things like flick like a gas canister towards you and then throw it and then like shoot it out of the air and uh it's all this stuff that like in a regular video game would be like so mundane. Yeah, but like is so fascinating in VR and I'm just really excited. Like uh, there's still I am planning to try Beat Saber. I am planning to try out uh, Boneworks. I I bought Boneworks. I didn't play it yet. Uh, I don't get motion sick. Which That's what I'm very excited about. I don't get motion sick. Uh, which means that I don't have to do the teleporting bullshit because I hate the teleporting, but I can move with the joysticks just fine. It like doesn't make me sick at all. Uh, Phasmophobia is so scary in VR. Yeah, I know. It is unbelievably scary. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really it it honestly feels I, I know this is like a little silly and hyperbolic, but putting on the headset, it feels like going somewhere else like I put it on and it actually like it actually feels like I am in a different
0: yeah it is definitely the I mean it I, I agree with everything you're saying it's something that someone who uh doesn't who has never done this would have such a hard time understanding it is like a weird transportive it is it is by far the most immersive kind of thing you can do um even when the games aren't like even if the game is like using lower graphics or like isn't like the best looking graphically, like the yeah. like we, we talk a lot about like visceralness, but you can't like th- there's there is a different level of like visceral visceralness to um uh VR. The my biggest touchstone of it, like I had played a bunch of games, but most of them I forgot. But there was a game, did you play,
1: like super hot.
0: Um, I did play super hot and and that was pretty fun. Um and Hot is a great game for VR, but I also played, uh, I think the game I ended up liking the most at the time, which I'm not really, I don't know if like, I mean, give it a try because I imagine, I don't, I think it might be free actually, is Robo Recall. I believe that's the name of it. And... Um, oh it, yeah, it's is like, a, like
1: the, the one where you're like holding your ground against uh, like a bunch of like robots. No, you. Can, in. Um,
0: it is. It is like you, you. teleport to where you can. You can teleport to wherever wherever you're looking. Like you can. You could like just kind of like you move like dishonored kind of where you teleport where you look at and yeah. uh, There's tons of robots that are like attacking um d- at different angles and there's so many cool elements of it that are so visceral. Like one of the good examples of like this is that the robots have grips on their body. So you can like grip their chest and then grip their arm and tear it off if they like run at you and you can just do like stuff that is just like brutal. Like like you could just grab a robot by the body and then like put your gun up to their head and like pop their head off and for like you, just in yeah. front of you. It so is, you
1: didn't play any of like the really like you didn't play Boneworks and you didn't play like Blade and Sorcery, right? No, I mean I imagine a lot of that like might have not been like, out the of the real time but that's like the real the real vr shit shit. is is blade and sorcery and boneworks are the ones where it's like you are you know wielding all of these like different types of weapons that like have physics like a blade will actually like cut through someone and things like that they are like true vr sandboxes
0: yeah um or
1: blade and sorcery is like you have one hand that has like fire magic in it and a sword in the other and you could like you know run your fiery hand across the sword and set it on fire it's like all that kind of shit that that i'm excited about yeah and beat saber i want to play beat saber
0: yeah i feel like that is the game that like i i should give that i should if if i'm like gonna start booting that up again i think beat saber would be the one to give it a try i've always loved rhythm games and i like lightsabers and i could imagine like obviously it's probably like an endlessly like a uh, Something where you could just keep downloading and like, ma- and people can make like bitmaps and stuff for it, so you can have like my, you know, my favorite. I could play, I could dance twice. Um, you dance could, uh, you J-pop. could play
1: um the uh, the arcane song.
0: The, the arcane song. My enemy. Right? I, I could, but I, I also couldn't. You could. I could, but I probably. Oh won't. wow,
1: they have a lot of imagined Dragons in
0: there. They probably do.
1: So I'm excited for that. The other thing that I got for my uh, birthday was reactive lighting for my PC. So I have these like light bars behind them. Uh, And, you know, with certain games, I could just like turn on those light bars and then they'll react to whatever's happening in the game. So like if I'm playing Wonderlands and I do a big old fireball spell, the whole room will light up orange. Pretty neat.
0: Wow, that is really cool, actually. Something like that definitely adds a little layer of like, like the whole screen is lighting up with the fire, the fire is in your hand right up next to you. And then the room turns red for it. Like, I feel like that is that is a really neat uh, little little thing.
1: And it integrates with like uh, Razer Synapse. And there are different games that have like integrations with Razer Synapse. So like Dead Cells, for example, like has all these unique lighting features uh, that plug directly into the light bars. So you like get all this light specific stuff playing certain games and Apex. Apex is like insane with all the lighting.
0: Nice. I do you know Apex is coming to mobile.
1: That's wild. Did you know Diablo Immortals coming out soon? And it's going to have cross progression between PC and mobile.
0: Um, I, I might give that a try. Uh, Me too, actually. Uh, yeah. It might be worth it. It's uh, I I like mobile games. I play a ton of mobile games, and um, I uh,
1: I actually downloaded Diablo 2 on Switch uh, because it's gotten a ton of patches, but I haven't cracked it open.
0: Yeah, um, there's also I saw a um that, that that Valorant uh is also coming to mobile, and it did not look good. I bet it did not look good. Oh, yikes! Th-
1: did I talk to you at all about Midnight Ghost Hunt? Did we talk about that on this podcast? I, I feel don't like think we didn't. so. I feel like we didn't. And I don't have too much to say about it yet, Uh, but I think that it's pretty neat. So it is a prop hunt game. Uh, For those who are familiar with that genre, a prop hunt game is essentially a hide and seek game where some people play as objects in an environment. And then and then there's another team of like seekers who have to go in and find which objects are actually the other players. Uh, So in this game, It's essentially like ghosts versus hunters. So the ghosts can inhabit different objects. They also get different like abilities. So you could get an ability of like uh, you can like throw items to distract people or you can corrupt items so that if they like shoot a prop that's not you, that prop like explodes and damages them. And then there are the hunters who have access to all of these different uh, weapons, but also tracking equipment. So they get, like, uh, EKG meters and things like that that can detect ghosts. And sort of the, the, the crux of the game is that the longer the ghosts stay in one spot, the easier it is to find them. So there is this um, sort of push and pull of you want to find a good hiding spot, but at the same time, you need to be constantly moving in order to like prevent yourself from being detected by all of the ghost hunting bullshit. So the ghost hunters have five minutes uh, to find all of the ghosts. It's a 4v4. If they don't find all of the ghosts within the five minutes, all of the ghosts uh, respawn, they resurrect, and they become like really powerful. And then essentially, like they have the upper hand in combat. And they, at that point, try to eliminate the hunters And the hunters have to try to either survive until they're rescued or uh, make a last stand and defeat the ghost. It's a a pretty, I I don't want to say that it's like a totally unique idea because like prop hunts have been around since like Team Fortress 1. But I, I think that this is a good take. I think that it's aesthetically really like really like fun. Despite being a game about like ghost hunting, like the colors are like super bright and it's like very it's a very fast game and it where, yeah, like I said, like, you know, it's like five minutes until midnight and then like three minutes there. So a game will never last you more than like 10 minutes. And it's fun, you know, just like playing with all the different uh, ghost abilities and hunter abilities. And it's also this thing of uh, when you when you get caught, you're not out because after like you get caught as a ghost, then you can kind of haunt people. You could kind of like. Onto the hunters, where if they find you and take you out, then you get the ability to uh, create like cold spots where they'll be. Their like um, meters will like get out of whack when they're near them. You could give them like fake pings and like be like, "Oh yeah, ghosts are like over here," and like sort of misdirect them. So it is also this thing of like even when you get knocked out, there's still stuff for you to do, and uh, I think that's pretty neat. It's still in early access. It's on Steam. Uh, for twenty bucks.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a cool. That's a cool game. I finished uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I think. Oh really? Yeah i I've never liked Kirby. I thought it was really interesting because I think I said something to that. I forget if I even said on the podcast. Like I've just really never played that Kirby games. Um, and yeah. I, I I've kind of fallen off of them. Like I, I've played a bunch of different ones, but I've never really enjoyed that that franchise. Um, and did this it is... ever
1: get uh like challenging or? Anything like that, it, it, or gets, it like it does a get a little bit, bit more challenging? And all
0: then all also the uh, in classic Nintendo form, there is a post game um, where it, really? like, kind of, it kind of like remixes every level and makes That's it cool. harder. And then like there's more of an onus on like the the levels are more difficult, uh, and um, you have to find a lot of things hidden in it. So like it requires. Even like a more scrutiny and like a better understanding of the levels, and there's more enemies, and like you know they're more dangerous. Um So, and, and I would say also like the final boss, like I I, I had to redo a couple times. Um, was was a little bit challenging. I, I think I think the game like it gets a little bit more challenging, but again like we said the uh, last week or or I mean last podcast, uh, I don't think that the difficulty is. the The point it's not really the point it's not like the difficulty and the fun of the game are you know both the the same they're not correlated in that way um so uh i I really liked it and now i'm like i was starting to do the um post-game stuff and uh i probably will continue to do more of that soon but uh i finished elden ring and i guess we'll talk we'll we'll leave Mm. elden ring stuff to the end of the podcast because now we could we could just we could just spoil whatever we want about it, um, but I finished Elden Ring and I, I I still agree with what I generally everything I've said about it. Uh, I still think that it's like if I if someone had me write a review about Elden Ring, I probably would have called it. I probably would still call it a ten out of ten game. If I were a viewer, though, probably like the reviewers might have had to write up a review um, earlier in that game. Maybe if you if I was writing up a review. Um, 40 or 50 hours in that game I would have said, this is unbelievable and like, I cannot even understand how they would top it, and then by the end of the game, it's like, yeah, it's still, you know, one of the greatest games of all time, but I, they you could see a lot of ways that they could improve on this um, by the end yeah. of the game. It's and, getting
1: an unofficial VR version. It's oh yeah? It's a VR mod.
0: Wild. Um, so one in of the
1: make, th- A Game Boy D-Make, did you see that?
0: No, I did not see that.
1: Oh yeah, Game Boy Demake.
0: Of course. I love the I, they should've done a PS one remake. I love that PS1 remake of Bloodborne. But you uh played it? what?
1: I never played that one.
0: Yeah, there's a play, there's a PS one remake of Bloodborne.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. i I may, I mean to check that out at some
0: Uh so I, I, I kind of, like, I, I was, I, I've I been, my back is bad, um, uh, which is part of this. So so I'm, like, currently light duty at work, and uh Light like duty.
1: No one knows what that means. What is that? Um,
0: um, where you don't, like, I don't have to um, go on calls. Um, I'm an EMT. I don't have to go on calls or anything. When you say light like
1: duty, is it more like chair duty?
0: Yeah, it's like you're, you're just sitting around, pretty much, like, waiting for more, um, like, secretarial things. Like, like oh, waiting we need help. Death. Like, restocking, or, like, can you go Or, like, can you make nachos? Can or... you make nachos? I do, I mean, I do, I do cook a lot. Just, that's just me. But um, uh, so I've had the Switch, and uh, I, I have like re-fallen in love with it. Obviously, because I have all the time. Um, so this is
1: where you tell me you're playing Triangle Strategy.
0: No, uh, but I, I will tell you though. I don't know if this happened to you, but my my Joy Cons, this ever happened to you? My Joy Cons are dr- were drifting out of control. I had to buy yeah, new. Dude, I had I to sent, buy new. I sent mine out. I, I had you, to buy new ones.
1: I bought new ones, and I sent uh, the old ones out. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna send the, the old ones out because it, it it the it would make sense to send them out and wh- like someone could be like why, why not? Know send know what, are Hades. expensive too. Joy-cons Hades are expensive. Yeah, I mean me. that that game sucks to have the 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 I I was playing so, Kirby when I was playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land, uh, my, my my I I have had this problem for. A while now for I think I can't even remember the last thing I played on switch but I remember that that like at some point whenever I held down left for a long time it would just kind of want to slightly go left but it yeah. wasn't like a it wasn't like a drastic thing and it was something where I played all of Kirby with this drift with the drift problem and it wasn't it, it really didn't like cause that many problems I think there was like once or twice where I looked away from the screen and I didn't realize Kirby was walking left and he like walked off a ledge four times and died um, but for the most part, it wasn't a big issue. Kirby is also not very, not a very tight platformer. Um, like obviously one of the things about Kirby is that he can float. So like, there's never, I don't remember any time in Kirby necessarily where it was like, oh, I, you have to be like super tight on this jump because like he floats around a lot. But, um, mm-hmm. but I started playing Breath of the Wild again because I finished Elden Ring and I, it, a lot of games, uh, Elden Ring included are very, Breath of the Wild inspired these days. So, like that, so at this
1: point, you're not just poking around in Breath of the Wild. Oh no, you I got
0: three of the divine beasts done.
1: Are you? Um, uh Did you get the DLC?
0: I did get the DLC. Did I you, haven't done did much. You of the get DLC. To it.
1: Like where does the DLC? The DLC, DLC is, is
0: not that great. um I would say like it, it. It is not a. The DLC is not necessarily a reason to play the game again. That, that I can. Are you got a
1: motorcycle?
0: I think that there. Yeah, there's a motorcycle. I don't even know how you get that. Um, it's
1: it's twenty dollars worth of DLC. So it, it, there's the master trials.
0: There's the master trials, which I haven't done yet. Um,
1: you That's I, like a hard I, mode, isn't I it? Think like, that, I feel well, like that's worth well, it for
0: some people. There, no. There's a different thing. Th- those are those are different. There, there's a couple different things. So one thing is the and the DLC is the master trial, and the master trial is a like you get stripped of everything but a Highland uh, shield and uh, the master sword, and you have to go through. Uh, I think like you know several floors or something. You go through like a difficult challenge, and at the end of it, it if you complete this, the master sword never runs out of energy. Um, I, it was okay, obviously cool. obviously a big sticking point with uh, a big point of contention in this game was like the weapon durability. I think it's like one of the most you know complained about e- things that I've that I've I've heard about. Um, and uh, so the, the this this DLC was like kind of trying to offset that in an interesting way like you do this hard challenge that requires you to be pretty late game have a lot of hearts and a lot of stamina but and- if you
1: take that away then you lose some of the fun of like getting cool shit
0: I guess so. The like, master like sword doesn't have find the highest is cool damage because it breaks in a way. But the, ma- yeah, yeah, the master sword doesn't actually have the highest damage out of everything. The master sword's damage—I don't know if it increases ever, or if there's other ways to increase it. Yet I, fr- I really forget some of these kind of things, or if the master trial does let you increase it. But the master sword d- deals th- is thirty damage, which is which is very good.
1: Isn't, isn't that the trial of the sword? So there's the trial, trial of, the, of sword. the sword. Yeah. Then there's, there's a hard mode. Master mode. mode. Mas- okay, the that's that's mode. just
0: the hard mode. Okay. There's and there's, then there's a
1: hero's path mode.
0: Yeah. Hero's path mode it's not actually a mode i don't know why they call it a mode hero's path mode is something that when you look at the map you can activate hero's path mode and it shows you a line of where you have what you've done in the last 200 hours um okay. so, so it is an amazing like the fact that this shouldn't have been dlc it is really cool because um, yeah, i remember
1: people saying that
0: if you think about it should not be dlc if you think about like Elden Ring is a great example of this, like, because you've played this recently, so maybe this would be on your mind a little bit more. If you have this big open world, um, Elden Ring, you know, there were times where I felt like I was in the mood to complete areas of the map. So, like, I would, early on in the game, I, I horsed around and. I literally, horsed, rode my horse through Kalid and picked up the map for Kalid, and then I didn't return to like way later, like way, way, way later in the game. Way, probably after like I, I, I was doing Altus Plateau stuff before I even came back for Kaled, Like Kaled was really I, that.
1: That makes sense. I think a lot of people did that because Kalid's pretty hard.
0: Yeah, Actually. so I didn't do I didn't do that kind of stuff till much later in the game, and, but I did poke around in, in it every once in a while when I was like I don't I can't think of anything to do I'll poke around in it and then I would get like frustrated like ah these things are like too much for me right now, um so so there there's certain times where you could just like not really be sure like. Did I go south on this map? Did I did I go all the way up that that over there? I, I don't remember if I went to this area ever. And heroes path mode like it it shows you exactly where you've been, like a trail of exactly where you've been in two hundred hours. And then it also um, you can you can um scale it. You can even like do this kind of cool thing where you scale it back to like the beginning of the game and. It, you can watch yourself walking around the map like where you went what where, what you went to it'll show you like okay this is you going over here you you unlock the shrine now you climb up this mountain over here now you flew off the mountain you went and unlocked the shrine so it's a good idea of like uh, like in zelda similarly to getting the maps in in elden ring I, i'll climb up those towers to complete more of the map but sometimes like i don't spend a lot of time so i don't know like other than like thinking maybe the shrine distribution is off. Like, maybe, oh, it looks like I didn't do a lot of yeah. stuff over here because there's not a lot of, like, waypoints on the map. It's very difficult for me. It would be very difficult otherwise to tell, like, did I actually go over that area? D- I can't really tell. Um So this is a good way of, like, y- just seeing, like, literally you've never been over here. Maybe there's a lot of stuff for you to do. Um In playing uh, Breath of the Wild the second time, I as I said, like, I'm technically three of four divine beasts in I think I, I do I, I I do have a lot of stuff that I want to do before like I complete the game I guess but um that's fairly far because you, you there's four divine beasts and then you're technically like the at that point the game would probably say like you know you're ready you're ready to go but I want to do like a lot of the extra stuff um and see more of the world I kind of I feel like I've been almost do, go, doing the divine beasts a lot quicker um it's interesting in hindsight to look at this game um I think one of the things that i but one of the reasons that I was really interested in playing it is because I not only did I really love it, and there's been a, a there's a long enough gap between 2017 and now where I I don't remember a lot of the game, and I'm getting to experience like some of the the excitement of seeing some of the stuff you know almost sure. new again. Um, I, I kind of wanted to play it because there's there, playing Elden Ring. I was like you know. How do you fix certain aspects of it? How do you... There's certain things in Elden Ring that, like, I kind of wish the developers pushed you to using more weapons. I kind of wish that, you know... Like, it was... You've heard the common complaint of, like, it's frustrating when you spend a long time doing a boss and you get nothing for it, or you expected you might get something for a build and you don't get something. And it's like, how does... You know, I was I was interested because I had forgotten all the ways that Breath of the Wild, you know, rewards you because because when we were thinking about it, we were like, what does it reward you with? Weapons, they break, you know, like, so what is that? Um, And I guess it's it's, it's, one of the main things has been interesting is like, you know, there's there's tons of little things in the in the world. Uh, This came back to me. I didn't even really remember how this works, but there's tons of little like, you know, you see something that's slightly off. Uh, Maybe it's like there's there's three apples in a line and then there's a spot where an apple could be, and you put an apple down and then a Korok pops out and you get Korok seeds. Like there, there's just hundreds of these like little puzzles. Now imagine
1: that game in VR, right?
0: Yeah. Why? Well, actually the, the, the throwing one, apples around the throwing apples around all you that know, physics, you know, uh, that game would be super cool in VR because of all the climbing and then like jumping off high stuff. Uh, that game, like breath of the that wild, make you sick. breath of the wild. Um, uh, I, rem- I think that like in a, in, a, in a less so of a fashion um, kind of uh, reminds me uh, it came before Outer Wilds but um, it's almost similar to the Outer, Outer Wilds feeling of like you can sometimes spend like 15 20 minutes climbing up a mountain and then you look around and you see that thing you want to go jump or glide to and then there's that like little drop in your stomach of like holy shit I am so high up it took me 20 minutes like it took me a long time to get up here and now I'm finally up here and like jumping off and how far you can see in the distance and how long the drop is is like a cool feeling like all that climbing and stuff is a really neat thing like I I really I I appreciate it again going back to that. Um,
1: Outer Wilds has VR
0: Outer Wilds has VR that would make me sick.
1: So does Risk of Rain. Which
0: I think the Outer Wilds VR could make me sick of, like when you're jumping around oh, on the yeah. moon and you're like caught, you're slingshotting through the gravitation layer or something yeah. like that. Oh my god, I could not deal with that.
1: So, so speaking of being rewarded for using different weapons, uh, I've been playing Stranger of Paradise. Okay, that game fucking rules. Uh, that's a,
0: that's an opinion I haven't heard in such a fashion.
1: Uh so what I should say is. That gameplay rules. The the gameplay in it is fucking awesome. Uh, so Neo One sort of had this issue, and maybe some people felt this way about Neo Two of there not being like a lot of enemy variety. And, and I feel like that's not an issue that you get here. Final Fantasy has a pretty diverse roster of little creatures, uh, from the bombs to the Cactar to the what do you call those guys? Tonberries.
0: Tonberries. You got are all thing. those
1: guys. You got all those guys in in this game, and they all have uh, different weaknesses. So this is also a game where you're switching between different classes uh, in order to deal different types of damage to enemies. So it is this kind of thing where it's like, oh, I just defeated this hard enemy, and I got this new weapon. It's not a weapon for my class, but maybe I should try that class out. And it has that really cool thing of once you level up Marauder to level 10 and you level up Lancer to level 10, then you unlock Dragoon. So it is this thing where you're constantly wanting to switch uh, to different classes so that you can meet the parameters to unlock some of the more advanced classes. Is there multiplayer? Yes, I haven't played it, but there is there is co-op. And you also uh, get a party of. so you, there are NPCs who are like traveling with you. You got like some buddies. Uh, they can equip the gear that you find. And there are different classes that they could switch between. They don't get like a full roster, but it's like this guy can be either a pugilist or a thief if he gets to this level. Then eventually he'll unlock like assassin or something. So uh, this, the bomb cast this week uh, did some major spoilers on the story which I don't really care about because it is like so insane. But but it's pretty clear that this game does a similar thing as, let's say, Bravely Default, where at the beginning, the story seems like it's going to be like, oh, this is like some typical JRPG bullshit. And then somewhere along the lines, it gets like very far off the rails and the story becomes really interesting. And yeah. Uh, so it, it is fascinating to know that that is going to happen and then to like go through the game and see that setup, being aware of what will happen. So, so you think so it's improved pretty... that
0: you've that you've learned that the story actually gets good or something?
1: Yeah, I do.
0: OK, that's interesting.
1: The item system, I feel like I have i don't know if I talked about this already. I don't know if I talked about this game last week. I don't think I did. It has the worst inventory of any game I've ever played. Good. Uh, And that's saying something
0: and that's saying something.
1: And that's saying something Uh, because they're because inventory systems mostly suck. They're mostly bad. Uh, But this is the worst one I've used because the different gear that you're finding is useful for different classes, but you're always switching between classes and you don't want to do this thing where it's like, okay, I for this, like I want to try out this new class, so let me go through my inventory and find like the specific gear that would be good for this class or, oh, I don't know if I can get rid of this piece of gear because I don't remember if I was using it. And I'm also at a point where like I'm I'm at the early I'm, I'm like early in in the game, maybe I'm like six or seven hours in where I'm still leveling up so quickly that like I'm, I'm quickly outpacing gear. Yeah. So for the most part, I'm just like you you. One thing that it does have to its benefit is it has an auto dismantle and, and you could set multiple parameters on it. So you could be like dismantle any piece of gear that is under this rarity, or it doesn't have any class abilities or it's X amount of levels below my current character. So it does have that. And that's mostly what I do. I pretty much in order to get around the fact that the inventory sucks, I dismantle almost everything. And it's also interesting, the game doesn't have money. It only has crafting materials. So you are not like selling anything. You're okay. just like breaking everything down. Uh the gameplay is some people have said like, "Oh, it's soulsy." It's it's really not that soulsy like it. It does have like it, it's very systems heavy. It is like systems the video game where you have a block and you have a parry and then you have like a different type of parry that is like for like magic abilities. And if you parry a magic ability, you absorb it and then you can cast that ability. And that sort of works into some of the boss fights in interesting ways, where there's this boss that summons like a windstorm. And if you parry the windstorm, you can absorb it. And then later on, he'll summon adds and the adds will get insta killed if you windstorm them. So it's doing like some pretty cool things with that. The weapons play very differently. So there's like katanas, daggers, lances. They all fall into like archetypes and the archetypes are tied to classes. So if you're using a lance, you have to be playing as like a lancer or a dragoon. Uh, And they all have combos and different abilities of like if you press back and then do a light attack, you'll do a back step and then a charge. Uh, And then you're also modifying the combos where it's like, okay, there's a light, heavy, a light, light, heavy, a light, 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 heavy. But you can, as you level up the and go down like the class skill trees, you're swipping, switching out the abilities there. So you could be like, instead of my light, light, heavy being a flurry, I want my light, light, heavy to be uh, a a jumping spear attack, like a dragoon attack. Mm -hmm. So you're modifying the combos as you go down the skill tree and all the weapons are doing different things where it's like the Lance has all the hops. Uh, the axe abilities, like, have all these, like, uh, charge attacks and things like that. The daggers have, like, uh, you could do, like, light, light, then do an iframe dash into a different move. So they're more like Monster Hunter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they, like, all have, like, a, like different things going on.
0: They require... Uh, the, I mean, it's, I think it's also... I'm happy to hear that kind of stuff because with, you know, Neo or this game... Uh, Or monster hunter you know you pick up a weapon and regardless of the strength of the weapon if you don't feel comfortable using it or you don't know like the combos and how long it takes to recover from some of the combos or like when you know how many hits you can get in during an opening um you feel disadvantageous um in a a way like you feel weak um in a way that like i didn't feel as much during elden ring because everything plays so similarly
1: yeah i A lot of people have been saying the game looks bad. I don't think that the game looks bad, but the level design specifically is like really bland. It does that thing that like old RPGs do and old like 360 games do where sometimes you will open a door into a, like you're in a dungeon, you open a door and it's just a giant empty room and in the middle of the room is like a treasure chest. You know that. Like, Mm -hmm. you're aware of that. But it is so bizarre to see that in, like, a modern game of, like, there's no set dressing here. I open the room, and it's just a a treasure chest sitting on the floor in a completely empty room. That is so weird to me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It it plays great, though. I recommend this game. I think that's Uh, so
0: interesting because, like, I, I don't understand some of the... Things I've been hearing about this game, like I feel like I should be more pumped. For, I, I was pretty pumped for it, and I heard just such negative stuff that I kind of fell off of it. And it, from it, who? It, from Wire. I i mean, like Metacritic wise, it was like, isn't it like just eighties? Like it, it didn't seem like it was like it looked that great. And then when I heard, I'm not saying
1: it's a ten out of ten. And me. then all
0: I kind of heard initially from podcasts was like, oh, the story's whack. And it's kind of interesting to hear like. I feel like I would have... It's weird that anyone... There's so many games that where the story is not a thing. And for for people to focus on, like, well, the story is not that good in this very gameplay-heavy game is such a weird thing for me. Like, who cares? This
1: is more of, like, an action RPG. This, yeah. is, like, this is, like... You're playing this in the same way you play, like, Diablo. Yes,
0: I was going to say that. Like, I don't really remember anything about Diablo. Some people like Diablo's story. I feel like it's actually not very good. Um, and... It's not. It's certainly not one of Blizzard's strongest of their franchises. And the writing
1: is hilarious in this game. And like, I can, it is so funny.
0: Obviously, like the first thing you care about in those types of games is like fighting more enemies, getting stronger, the numbers going up, dropping better gear, you know, leveling up and stuff like that, getting access to new like abilities and stuff. And that's all that matters. I think is definitely like uh, it's weird to have like. You see,
1: en- yeah. Have you seen the famous scene with this character that like has been memed to death, where essentially. Like someone is talking about, like, he's like, I'm here to find chaos. And they're like, chaos is a fairy tale. Yeah, he doesn't exist. And then the main character goes bullshit. And then he starts playing Limp Biscuit on his phone. Like he opens his phone, starts playing Limp Biscuit, and walks away.
0: He really plays Limp Biscuit? or he plays yes. a song that sounds like Limp?
1: No, it's Limp Biscuit. What does he play? uh am I going to have to look it up?
0: On Paradise?
1: The song is, uh, let me see. Oh, someone said it's not Limp Bizkit.
0: It's not Limp Bizkit. See, so yeah.
1: No one will tell me what the name of the song is. Holy shit. Wait, it says Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin Limp Bizkit Shadows Rising. Ah, oh, I liked it better when I thought this was Limp Bizkit. <laughs> but it's so close. I sent you a link to the okay. song. Okay. Um, all right. So this is a game. It's a gameplay game. I, I like gameplay games a lot. You know that I'm. I'll sit down and, and grind out Diablo or Path of Exile or any of these games. Oh, hell yeah. totally ignore the story. And this is such a fun and satisfying and visceral grinding game. Uh, it is on the harder side of games, but it does have like a difficulty setting. So like if you want it to be hard, you can play on hard. If You don't you play it on like normal. There's an easy setting, whatever. Um, I hear that the difficulty scaling gets like out of whack. I've been playing it on medium. I've died a few times to bosses uh, when you die. Your mana meter gets smaller,
0: though. So it's like there. this
1: brutal thing of uh, of of like, if you keep losing, it gets harder and harder. Oh, wow. And the way that you get your meter back is through parries and through uh, uh gauge breaking enemies. Uh, this game has like a, a stun meter where like really powerful attacks or like parrying will stun the enemies and then you could one hit kill them. And the one hit kill animations are like sick where, like, he turns them into crystals and shatters. Oh, yeah, them. I've seen that. Those and, look really cool. Yeah, and each of the creatures has unique animation. for them. Other than that, uh, still playing Triangle Strategy. Uh, story continues to be really interesting. The decisions feel impactful. It feels like everything you do in that game has, like, pros and cons. Uh, it's also interesting because there are decisions to be made, but you don't make any decisions yourself. All of the decisions are pretty much made where everybody who's, like... There you have like this whole roster of characters and people will vote on what they want to do and you have to use information that you've gathered throughout the game to try to persuade them to vote the way that you want them to uh, in order to change like what will happen in the game. So it's also interesting because uh, it, it like gives you an avenue to learn more about the characters in your party. And also, as you learn more about them, you'll figure out like how to sway their vote. So there's a character who uh, is guarding the prince, and you want to try to convince them of things by being like, oh, this is the decision that will best protect the prince. And if you do that, you could sort of like sway their vote uh, in order to change like the outcome of what's going to happen in the game. This is like a Final Fantasy Tactics games Uh, where you're not like creating characters you are like every character that you meet has like their own set job class and I thought that that would be like less interesting because that means like oh maybe that there's like a smaller roster or that like I'm not going to be able to get like the class diversity that you do in like Final Fantasy Tactics Uh, but that hasn't been the case so far there's like a lot of really interesting characters Uh, one of them like a couple of examples are there's this character who has like fights with a lacrosse stick and they can like throw items really far so they can like heal people with potions from really far away. They could use like um, destructive items like uh, fire stones or whatever and bombs. They could like fling them really, really far and they can also create like clones of themselves that act independently. Uh, There's like a machinist character who could like create traps on the ground, build turrets. Uh, There's a healer that rides on a horseback, an archer who deals like more damage based on how far away they are. There is another character who can, like, steal and transfer skill points uh, from enemies and, like, grant them to teammates. So I feel like there is a lot of, like, variety in the characters. The more that you use a character, uh, you unlock more story beats with them. I'm not sure if that leads to uh, them opening up new abilities. But also, as you uh, level up characters, you could spend, like, medals to uh advance their class granting them access to new actives and passives so yeah i would say this game is like sort of hitting on all points for me like i i really dig the combat and i i really like the story so far it's been really interesting
0: yeah i know someone who finished it and they 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 like the story all the way through cool um i finished there's so many games damn i finished echoes of the eye after a long time of being told to do that by you Um, i watched
1: you play some of it and it was interesting because it felt like uh your journey through that was a lot different than mine Yeah. because you'd stumbled across um like a pretty big moment in that uh almost by accident what what, what
0: yeah i mean i guess without saying With the uh, lantern yeah yeah um uh yeah it was an interesting experience uh i i think i was a little let down um for a couple different reasons i think overall very good that team and Anna, annapurna right I think
1: Annapurna is the uh, the the publisher.
0: Oh, I'm not sure who the. Um...
1: This is their only game, The Outer Wilds. The studio is called Mobius Digital.
0: So, um, I I I I really Outer Wilds is like top ten game. Like it is a single digitly good game. It, it in my opinion, it is it is incredible. Uh, there's so many cool things that it's doing. It is so awesome. We've talked about it before. The gist of it is that like you. Uh, are you you are this like spacefaring janky jankyly spacefaring race that's like you know like it feels like you're you're flying around in a ship that's you like, like, like a bo- like, boy cardboard. scout
1: you feel like boy scouts yeah like um, like like your ship is a design from the pinewood derby
0: yeah absolutely um and you are, you know, uh, living in a solar system, much as we do. The, all of the planets have their own weird thing going on. One is like this giant gas giant with like w- water everywhere, and uh, one is like these these two kind of share the same sand that goes back and forth between them, the hourglass twins. I uh uh, uh and there's like you know there's all these different things, and the main the way that the game works is that every 22 minutes the sun explodes and kills you. Um, and whenever you, whenever that happens or whenever you die, you reset at the back of the beginning of the loop. And the entire solar system is on a complicated loop where everything hap- has to happen exactly in a, in a certain order, and it always will. Um, and you're kind of trying to find out using everything. You, you go to kind of the planets and learn things, and you use that information elsewhere in the game and on that planet, and by learning all these kind of things, it's like what kind of gives you the information. It is it is a Metroidvania but for information much similar to The Witness or something like that, where you're you're learning things, and then you're applying that elsewhere, and that you could basically have beat the game immediately as soon as you start. So they, they, they created DLC that creates another planet, um, sort of like Ringworld, like Halo, and uh the planet is extremely large it's definitely the largest planet um i don't know i don't remember how much time it took me to beat a regular outer wilds but i think it's like how like it's like 0.5 percent of the game i feel like i want to say outer wilds might have taken me like 15 20 hours and this is like a solid eight hour 10 hour experience um So it's very large. It's much, it's the, it's by, without a doubt, the largest of the islands. And it's mostly like a self-contained kind of thing. Most of the stuff you're learning is helping, um, islands, planets. Um, Most of the stuff you're learning is helping you to further your, you know, exploration on that planet. Um, uh, Where I, where it falls apart a little bit for me is that uh, it being so big, there, Maybe on the other planets, because they're much smaller, it was easier to, um, you know, focus down on something and try and figure out like there's something here that I'm not understanding, and I could look at the map. Uh, at the, there's a thing on on your in your spaceship where you can kind of see like hints to where you maybe should try and look next, and it could say like you know you didn't discover everything in this area, um, and this air this this area being so big and being so there's so many elements to it that i i wasn't always sure of like okay a lot of things are telling me that there's a little bit more in this area but i don't know what more it is and then sometimes um just as you said like i would stumble into things and the game doesn't update your map or tell you like oh by the way you don't really need to go here anymore because you seem to have figured this out or like so uh, like i don't want to i guess i don't really want to say anything there there's there's this thing where you can like there, there's this there's this I, I found this game breaking thing that like it almost is like a glitch um but it's purposely there and I found it early and then I kind of used some of that information to like work backwards and then I spent like an hour doing this whole thing and then I found and then I found a thing that told me how to do this game breaking glitch thing and it was like okay well that's so weird to me to me that like I figured that out already and then I kind of worked backwards and then I found it again so I, it, it's just I just want to convey that, like, not only through, you know, poking around. Like, I think that the weird thing also is, is like, since everything is, uh, everything in that game is your knowledge. If you poke around and find something that, like, it becomes very, it starts. The more you poke around and the more you find that the game didn't tell you, the more confusing it is to find what you actually need to know. Um, it's like a weird kind of. Um, yeah, I
1: I feel what you mean. It's a weird because kind of thing because you don't know what you're supposed to know at that moment. Yeah. And, or, so you don't know what's next.
0: Yeah. So like, I feel like there's a lot of times where I was like, I wasn't sure what I should know, and like, I wasn't sure where the game wanted me to go, and more way. I, the thing that got me the most frustrated is that way more than in regular Outer Wilds, um, there was a lot of times where like I flew over to the stranger, I start walking around, and I'm like, I am going to go to this area. I feel like I haven't done enough in this area. And I poke around in it, and, like, I don't really find anything, or, like, I feel like I find a little something, and it's like, is this significant? I can't really tell. And, you know, like, I, I, I kind of would just... There's a lot of times where I just, like, was like, okay, I spent so much time doing this, I found nothing, I'm just going to reset the loop. And there was a lot of times where I just flew over and got nothing done. And that kind of sucks. Like, I feel like in more so in the regular version, I didn't really know where to go um did you find um like shortcuts what do you uh what do you mean into the stranger um there's a there's a couple there's like that broken glass area there's a elevator
1: because that's where you learn about the lantern is in that lab
0: oh yeah i didn't know about i that was way sooner than i had found that but um um so so yeah i didn't like i didn't love all of it um I, I thought that like some of the other stuff was really cool. The the kind of story that they're telling was fin- was fantastic. It is I I I got a lot of it on the first playthrough, but I I watched a um a, a, a like lore breakdown video that said so many interesting things that they're that like the developers are trying to convey about um this. There's like a new race of aliens. Um usually in the original Outer Wilds, there's the Harthians, which you are, and there's the Nomai, which is this ancient actually far superior like not superior but far advanced race to you but something killed them all out and part of the this mystery in out the original outer wilds is like not only how do you stop the sun from exploding but what happened to the nomai because they were involved in some like high level physics theoretical shit and did like they do something is it the sun exploding because of them because of a mistake they made i think for a long time in outer wilds and you're really thinking like it's something that they did, and it's and I think it's to do with you know like the this like station over here, or, and trying to figure out what that kind of stuff. I think is very fascinating. And this race is like is is similarly very interesting and much more advanced than the Harthians, and kind of finding out the their story and the mistakes they made. I think is a very fa- fascinating kind of thing. And the ending is worth it. Like the ending, like the the this team can convey so much emotion through like such little so so little thi- like uh, such little things like the this kind of entire DLC almost culminates in this very short but like highly emotional thing that is like yeah i think is fantastic i think that that studio can get across these like extremely profound thoughts and concepts and feelings in like these just very subtle incredible ways there is like there is this moment of the dlc that is like one of the darkest game moments i have ever uh, played and it's like d- what it's one of those things where like the the game is getting you to do it and it's almost i always talk about brothers uh the, the oh, brothers
1: yeah i know i know the moment yeah
0: and there's like I, I was talking about brothers and like there's times where you just like the game teach is, is has taught you to do something and you just kind of are doing it rotely, and then afterwards you might look back on it and be like, "Oh my god, like that was crazy that the game um, had me do that because that was a part of the story or like my thinking of something or something that I." It, there's a moment that is just so cool. I thought I thought that it was just like wild. It was like it brought me to tears of like, "Wow, that was like a really." There's so much darker than I I thought about, but um, uh, and then similar to you, uh, after finishing the DLC, um, I just kind of watched the updated ending of the game because it was like, I don't really remember how you do it's a, it to, to finish. The game is like an extremely long sequence, uh, putting together all, everything you've learned all at once. And I did not really want to, uh, like redo all of that. Um, so, uh, very good, a, a extremely good DLC, um, extremely good, like ending and the way that it also modifies the ending is fantastic. It's one of those DLCs, though, where um, I kind of wish I were playing the game with it originally because I think the game would have been just a little bit longer, a little bit more impactful, a little bit – the ending would have hit even a little bit harder than it did. It would have taken this, like, already 10 out of 10 game and just made it a little bit better. But to come back to it, like, I – yeah, it's – I don't – I can't – I don't know what they would do to up the ante on – the original part of me didn't even want to play Outer Wilds because when you finish Outer Wilds it's like it is so done. You didn't um, want to so, play Echoes of the Eye. So I didn't want to play Echoes of the Eye because it was like I finished Outer Wilds like I don't know how you're going to give me more of this. Um but uh yeah like I, I thought it was really it, it was good it was extremely worth my time. I was really happy with it. If anything it's it only it only um kind of struggles to compare itself to the original Outer Wilds. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's biggest sure. it's, it's biggest faults are that you're still, I'm still, like, flying around inside of the universe of Outer Wilds, and the rest of that game is so profound and incredible, um, that, that, like, that game, it's hard to make a DLC match up with it. Um, so that's, that's another one of the things I played.
1: Have you, um, this is a a random question, have you ever played Outriders?
0: I did. Isn't that, isn't Outriders the one where it's like that, it's kind of like a loot and shoot, and it yeah. came out, and there's just like a huge, there's like a DLC that's like sixty dollars or something.
1: People have been saying really good things about the current state of Outriders.
0: Really? Yeah. That is insane to think about. People was it, are like the I en- believe
1: Endgame is fucking crazy now.
0: I believe Outrider. That's so funny. Maybe I'll download it again. I believe Outriders was the game that like, cause I, I remember it very well. Um, I I, I did it has play like little...
1: four classes with yeah. three subclasses. Yeah,
0: there was not Gosh. a lot to like actually, and then like I wasn't getting the loot wasn't that cool. Um. I, I, it already gets cool. Uh, that's interesting. I, I'll, I'll read more about that. That's very fascinating. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out that subreddit. Um, I do remember that that like uh, what was it? Um, Nextlander I think named it as like the game that they were most it, the most that difficult that came out this that year. That came out this year, kind of thing, where they're like, I cannot believe the Outriders came out because Outriders, especially initially, Outriders really has the feeling of like a Xbox Three Sixty game. Like the fact that it came out in 2021, right? It came out in 2021, yeah. I think. Is insane. Yeah. It's insane. But the DLC is so expensive. What the hell? The DLC is
1: forty dollars. Is it not?
0: That's a pretty that's a pretty big ask. I thought it was even more expensive than that, but like DLC Yeah, thirty
1: it's thirty six dollars now. But it's oh. forty dollars. That's that's destiny pricing. Okay. Is it not? It is. That's what Destiny D L C was.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I thought Destiny was more in the realm of like twenty bucks. But
1: Uh Destiny uh that new witch queen is forty dollars.
0: I wonder what people are saying about that, speaking of looter shooters that just got uh, updated
1: yeah i don't know i i just haven't i haven't like i haven't been digging the class feel in destiny recently i didn't like i really hated the last dlc i played which is when they introduced the frost class
0: yeah but i guess some of the big thing about the new destiny is is that they're trying to make more of the classes work like that frost class like the frost class was the most fun one but it made it so that like There used to be three choices in Destiny. There was, like, you know, do you want to go Void, um, Light, or... What was the other one? Lightning? It's a Void, Fire, Lightning, or something like that. Yeah, Um, Solar. Void, uh, Solar. uh, And uh, with the DLC, they're like, hey, we we made the coolest class, Ice. Like, Dark Ice class. And then it just felt like the other ones were just not um, up to par. And then you also really didn't get the choices between the other ones, so it was kind of like making a new class was like almost limiting imagining like World of Warcraft being like hey we're giving every single class a new spec and the new spec is the best spec so now you have even more choices it's like okay now instead of having four instead of having three choices you added a new choice that made that limits my choices down to one it's the Astra problem right yeah um but
1: so speaking of Astra uh big eSports weekend uh, for everyone north North American Finals for League of Legends was very exciting a history moment happened in one of the League of Legends games. Uh, just a, uh, I, I don't know if you saw the, the clip. I did. Um, there was a big Baron fight uh, that caused one team to almost wipe. There were only two people left uh, versus five people who were taking the Baron, this big objective. Uh, the jungler of one team went to smite Baron. Baron leveled up in that instance, gaining health which allowed the other teams, uh, carry to steal the Baron and then get a pentakill, wipe the team and win the game, uh, esports history. Uh, and in other news of uh, the Valorant, uh, mids, is it the mid season finals? Is that such a funny thing to say? Yeah. But, uh, Reykjavik. uh, Valorant master tournament just happened, uh, and the North American team optic, uh, went 3-0 in grand finals against the Brazilian team, which also, like, does raise a minor criticism about the way that Valorant has these tournaments set up because uh, the Brazilian team started with very little advantage. Essentially, the Brazilian team got, like, a map pick advantage. They didn't start, like, a game up. They didn't start, like... uh, like there's no double elimination here. So it's kind of weird because at this point, Optic, which is the North American team and LLL, which is the Brazilian team, both won a series against each other. It's yeah. just that the they North did, it American team did it in the grand finals. Yeah. So they they get the big win. I- I'm happy they won. Obviously, like a North American victory is a rare treat when it comes to <laughs> yes. internationals. Uh, but it is kind of this bittersweet moment of being like man this valorant system is a little bit flawed
0: yeah i mean sometimes they do stuff like give someone a map up like you said but part of me like i part of me likes the way that it works is like you get the full experience of it like if it would have been kind of a bummer alternatively if you start a, a map up or something like that, and I I, I don't know. Did you say like don't, doesn't the 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 winning the grand finals like winning team gets be, like better map picks because they're gonna get to choose map one and three? Yeah. So so they they get they get a little bit more control. But yeah, you're right. They don't have like it, like it is. It alternatively it would feel unfair if it was like um, uh, LLL starts one map up and then they win two maps and it's like but what if. They started one, no maps up. They won two maps, and then optic, you know, reverse sweeps three. Like you don't know. Like I don't know. There is like it's it's hard because outside of fighting games that do double elimination brackets, like in fighting games, we can you can play, you know, a best of five, and then play another best of five to make it fully fair because it's not that time intensive. But like the idea of like like how would you make it fully fair? Like without making it feel. Annoying, like we, like. If it was mu- one map already, then they would only need to win two maps. It could be a really short grand finals in that case. A really like dumb grand finals with like winners being up one and then winning two rounds, winning two games. Um, but I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I, I'm always impressed with the state of play in. Uh, high level Valorant. I'm sur- I'm surprised how often like the games will go down to like crazy overtimes and stuff like that and have these insane moments. Um, yeah,
1: so I'm not. On the other hand, though, I am not really satisfied with the meta of Valorant, and I hate seeing mirror matches. Like when when there are multiple mirror matches happening in the grand finals, that that really is indicative of there being characters who are just straight up the best. Yeah, especially on a given map. Yeah, where it's like, oh, on this map, you only pick these five characters. And at that point, why does it even matter that it's a hero shooter, right?
0: Yeah, I, I well, I mean, the the, the abilities matter. That, that That's a that's something that matters. But I do agree with you. Uh, Valorant has I, I maybe this is something that just will come with time. I think we've we've talked about this before. I, I would. I wonder if at some point either there will be enough characters and there will be enough overlap in kits that hopefully you can make it so that you know there's a little bit more choices. Or I would almost be in favor at some point of going to a straight up like picks and maybe no bands, but doing picks um, because I would I do want to see like more variety and more choices in Valorant. You know, you very very rarely have I ever has the picks and the, ha, has the um, character picking or character choices in general been as exciting as it could be in a game like League and League like it's a massive massive part of the game is like you, there's so much mind gaming going on before the start of the game with like what do we ban what do we allow what do we want them to have what are we gonna what are they gonna let us have what are we gonna be able to pick like you know, this person is really good at this character. Do we ban it out? Do we let them have it? Do we take it for ourselves? There's so many choices, and then you can even try and do like counter picks and stuff like that. But in Valorant, I don't think that there's ever been that much. Like I'm never like tuning into the character selection and thinking like, whoa, what are we gonna see here? I mean, the only cases that I'm kind of interested in it is after a patch when they they shake up things. Like, are we gonna see Yoru? Not really. I guess not. Um, like
1: sometimes in League of Legends, though, you you can root for a character. You yeah. know what I mean where sometimes you don't have as much of a stake in the game but there's like oh this oh I want to see Vlad. person is is playing someone like really like weird like there's like a, oh there's Ash Zyra in 2022 that happened recently and it's like oh man I would love to see them win because when you see the weird shit wins it means that the current state of the meta isn't solved right yeah. like that means that it's not figured out or there's a uh,
0: a gap between player there's player disparity but
1: and in, and in Valorant, you just don't get that. Like, it's, it is it is a lot of mirror matches. They're clearly bad characters. Like, it, I don't know what it is about Valorant, uh, but there are characters that are just like blatantly bad. Yeah. Uh, objectively bad in pro play. Like, Phoenix is completely useless right now in pro.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder I wonder what needs to change. There's there's so many interesting elements to this and like I I, I don't envy Blizzard on this topic. This is a very hard discussion to like there's a very hard don't thing envy to Blizzard, f-
1: what about Riot?
0: Riot, I I don't envy Riot on this, um, because it's a very hard topic to like wrap my head around. I mean, is it is it okay if the maps are different enough and the the the, the rosters of characters that get played on the maps are different enough from map to map is that acceptable cuz maybe the answer is still no like maybe it's like you don't want to just see Brimstone get played only when there's bind or something like that like maybe you want to see the characters working all uh being able to be played on every map but then there's a like a more interesting discussion to be had about how um like it, it, it's it's difficult to when a, when a role is as binary as something like smoke it's kind of difficult sometimes to make there be choices between the characters because Astra, like she was a good example of like, she just did everything too well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, she made it so that like people don't want to play smoke. And if they make it so that they nerf Astra hard enough to like take her out of the game, or at least like, you know, make her compete, then are people just going to say like, well now Omen is the best. Um, yes, it, like, they like, it's, ki- it's kind of hard to, to not have a role. Like it, it, as long as there's a role, like when there's a role, like flashing or something, like a, a, there's a you know initiator role or something someone who flashes someone who smokes someone who leaves behind turrets um it's always it's really it, it's riot has really struggled to not have one person who does it the best. I think a good example is, like, Chamber is seeing a lot of play, and one of my initial thoughts about Chamber is that, like, he has the best traps in the game, in my opinion. Like, they not only do they slow, and not only are they really fast, and they create a slow field, but there's no, um, there's no radius. He doesn't have to be close to them. So unlike other characters, like a Killjoy or uh not as much I guess, I guess maybe like cypher doesn't have to do this but like killjoy has all, like puts all her stuff down and she has to be near the stuff to trigger it and with chamber he just kind of like can set it and forget it and like leave that area um and cyphers his are good but it's hard to like he he's he does a little bit better when he gets to capitalize off of it he gets the the maybe his strongest suit is when someone walks through the trip he puts up a smoke and then he kills someone while they're still you know like they're being shown through the trip so it's kind of difficult. To make characters um, uh, competitive within each other, when people are just like, "Hey, we're looking for a trap. We're looking for a smoke. Who does it the best right now?" Um, it would be interesting if they. I, I don't know if it's a thing where when they have a ton of characters, maybe they'll have so much at some point that like people can gravitate to them because they'll have overlap. Like one of the, like league the characters in league for the most part, like a lot of them aren't really that unique. They a lot of them like because that's just the, re, the re, that's the nature of of like things is like a lot of characters you know ha- you can boil their toolkits down to like this is their shield this is a, a initiating button. Here's a stun, and here's what they do damage with, and they like they just do things in slightly different ways. Even though they overlap on a lot of kits in a lot of different ways, they just do things in slightly different ways. You could still imagine people being like, "Well, we need someone tanky top, and there's a and who has like, oh, we're lacking initiation, we're lacking, lacking tanks. That like there's a huge roster to pick from when you think about those kind of things that your team might be lacking, and maybe just when sure. Valorant has more characters, that they will be a better choice. But I guess to to Valorant needs tanks. To uh, to like be a devil's advocate though, it's like if you can't if riot can't get the balance right in the small roster, like if they can't make it so that every map is like, do you want to pick Astra, Omen, or Brim, and they're all good choices, then how are they going to do it when there's forty picks, right? Like, are they going to be able to do that? Uh, is it going to be like, I would hope it's That's not like, is it, I would hope it's not like, hey, we have it, it Valorant in twenty forty has thirty smoke characters, and one of them is the best like we can't Mm. because they do the most they 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 people are looking for a smoke character this character does the smoke the best
1: there should be there's not enough smokes in um league of legends yeah you got you you have uh you have nocturne and you have uh graves graves has a smoke and, and you have a collie
0: so yeah i i definitely i agree with you that like the other thing i would say about valorant is that like i i enjoy watching it a lot um and maybe this is happening more than I recognize, but I kind of wanted the... I I know this would get away from us as players, but I would kind of want to like... You see Vision Strikers and you can see these plays where it's like these complex multi-character, uh, Breach flashes this angle, Jet Dash backwards, Breach flashes another angle, someone smokes this area jet looks at this person and if there's someone who's standing there their flash smoked off like you cut off all these angles like all this complicated multi-level like team synergies and i feel like valorant like the the abilities still matter a lot but but you and do vision get...
1: strikers still loses
0: but yeah like you get down to things where it's like um i don't know like like i i think abilities matter when the shooting is fair, but I feel like in more cases than not, the shooting is what ends up deciding the match of, like, the disparity becomes on player skill levels more so than, like, sometimes strategies. I'm still, like, I I think some of this stuff stuff sounds very negative, but I love watching Valorant, and I I still love, like, the big pop-offs. I still love the big overtimes. I still love that kind of stuff. But I do agree with you that I wish uh the picks was a bigger part of that game i wish that like we were seeing things that were like you know with with, with league you could forever talk about the complexities like sean friend of the show sran um and co and po- uh, post co-host um like he'll talk to me every once in a while or like the times where he's visited um, I'll, I'll, he he always keeps up on League even when I'm not keeping up and I'll ask him like what's going on and he just like comes alive with like oh this one team started picking this character and that was insane and it shifted the meta and because of that this item started getting popular and this happened and you don't and like that so like the, the things outside of the games or the choices that teams are bringing into a game are you know you could have like radio shows podcasts breaking down well you do have it have like tons of people who are pundits who are breaking this stuff down and i think in valorant it's much harder to do that like there's i think in a lot of cases it would be like you know optic showed up today lll didn't show up today like it like there's things to say about like like different you know complex issues and like like here's the ways that they use their abilities here's when it comes down to aim duels this person was just popping off a little bit more but it's
1: also that that the strategies they're using aren't always articulated well yes and i think we've already discussed this in a previous podcast but because of the perspectives that you get in um in valorant right like it's a first person game like it's harder to understand like certain macro play and and, and like a great example of this is uh lll on ascent so lll completely destroyed optic on ascent the the in uh winner's finals and they did a bunch of plays where they were like super aggressive on defense. They totally caught. Yeah, there was some uh, really fascinating unawares.
0: There was one where like a good one. Where I, I, oh, not even on ascent. I, I saw one where like, uh, they had uh the omens smoke off the sewers in split, and then the jet like dashed into the smoke kind of at the start of the game, suspecting that no one would be there, and then got deep into the back of that split mid area and was able to get like. Um, I, uh, went deep into sewers and got a pick with someone who was rotating, thinking that they w- they could safely rotate the sewers. And like, there was a lot of yeah. kind of like them taking space in interesting ways with multiple combinations.
1: But but the thing that makes that even more interesting is that we got the run back on LLL versus Optic, and you could see the adjustments that Optic made on their attack half to prevent LLL from doing those same plays that caught them last time. But it's something that is it, it's a it's a level of minutia that is a lot harder to see from a first person perspective and also that the casters aren't calling out and talking about. And also the players in post game interviews aren't even discussing it. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is that each of those individual plays are just one of 24 rounds in, in a given game of Valorant, whereas. In League of Legends, the play that you make at level one defines the entire 40 minutes that comes afterwards. So those big moments, they get kind of lost among like a sea of other moments that determine the other 23 rounds in the game. So it is this kind of weird thing of uh, the metagame, while it's interesting and while it's shifting and while things are happening in like, you know, out and about like among the teams it is harder as the layperson to understand
0: you know it's also and, an interesting t- another thing that i've never thought about but it like kind of lends this overall problem is that league is like a game of league is one continuous movement on the map and there's a lot of stuff happening that, but you can kind of point to the larger moments that create the the overall story of it and with valorant it's a lot of individual like because it's round based it's like it's difficult to break that down like every single round has like moments that lead to the end of it and it's harder to break down like how many kind of you know what i mean like it's league the, you might point to like stuff like the team fights you know like it's it's easier to like for casters to even talk about like there was a big team fight um baron got more health the there's person, also
1: more downtime in League.
0: Yeah, like, while that, like, the person tried to smite, um, but the Baron got ticked up more health, the smite didn't go through, the other person stole it, they were so low, the enemy team was so low health, they were able to pick up these kills on the back end, and stuff like that, so, and then after that moment, everyone is dead, so there's this downtime, but the game is still going on, it's still one continuous game, and in Valorant, it is just not that way, like, there's not a lot of downtime um the the map the rounds are short and it's hard for like casters can't sit down and break like hey by the because they do this like once at the end of the games they'll be like in this look at let's look at this round where they use their abilities in this interesting way or this 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 was a ace over here let's look at the way that this player played um but for the most part it's kind of hard because you're having you know 13 to uh like 36 or 26 like 30 rounds and all of the rounds you can kind of break down to like look at this the way that the team moved in they moved in here they smoked off here they did a flash here this person did jet dash here they they tried to take this space here like it's it's hard to every single round is a lot of is a lot of things happening all at once and then everyone's dead and then you pick up the pieces and then you're resetting again and it's much harder as a caster to like make sense of all that um, even when it's significant. And I, I imagine even so much for, for the teams, because they're running these plays, but they're not running the same play. So it's not like, you know, what worked for you? You're not going to say like, well, in round five, we had this crazy thing where we like smoked off this area. We knew they would be here. So we did like a breach ult and then we like did dash. Yeah, over here. Maybe
1: instead of re- maybe instead of interviewing coaches, they should just be uh, interviewing players. They should be interviewing coaches.
0: Right? Yeah. Or have like coaches up on between maps, like uh, between, um, I don't know if the coaches are but talking to the their teams. the coaches don't even
1: want to talk... Like, the other thing is that the coaches don't want to talk about what they did.
0: That's true. Yeah, they don't want to be like, hey, we did this interesting play. Like, you'd have to... Like, mean, they're going to make it that this, easy. So we
1: did this. They don't, want, they don't yeah. want you to know that. Yeah,
0: they don't want to make it that easy. Um, But, yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I th- that's what that's what I, we should say for for VCT. But uh, it, it was a great tournament. I thought it was very really fun. But I agree with you that Valorant still struggles to have a good balance. I think that the balance of guns is getting better. It's interesting. I think that one, maybe one of the more interesting things is that we're seeing... I felt like I saw a very wide variety of gun usage yes. and that the guns have been really tightly balanced. Like I, Valorant, you know, a year ago had huge problems it, with isn't the is it op.
1: interesting that they kind of have to, uh, balance independently guns and then characters in a way that uh, League of Legends has this problem where items synergize with characters. Yeah, so you can't... Like, in it's special hard, ways. It's hard, and like, you do you nerf that? have that in Valorant, where it's like gun balance is a totally different situation versus uh, agent balance.
0: Yeah. But they, they have done a phenomenal job with it. I feel like the current state of things the is very good. Gun balance feels great. Um, you, you get to see pro play where, you know, they're picking everything from the Bucky and choosing those angles, Judge. Um, the op isn't as, like all controlling as it was i feel like i see a lot more five rifle versus five rifle i would say the one thing that i'm noticing is that like i'm seeing pros um kind of go away from phantom and maybe that's fine in the long run um and it still sees play but it's like i guess i just it's and i guess it's like almost similar to the other problem we're talking about of like you got to pick a rifle so like if if pros are more comfortable with vandal then like How do you make the Phantom better without making it broken or making it the the gun that you go to all the time? There was a time where pros pretty much only picked Phantom, and then that was even more weird because I remember in the beginning of pro play we were like, why are pros picking... The Phantom seems like the one where it's like the spraying gun, where it's more accurate and doesn't get kills with headshot from long distance. So the Vandal is like the one where you'd be like, oh yeah, pros pick it, and they... You know, tap people's heads, and then people at lower level are just shooting for the body with the phantom. But then it just ended up being that like the phantom was better. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like the balance is very on that end is very good. And there's a new character coming out. Um, not, a, we were, I think we shouldn't say that much about her. She looks really cool. She reminds it's, me of yeah, like yeah,
1: that's a level of minutia that people don't care about, but it's cool. They're kind of like a hunter where they can like find people and track people using trails
0: yeah like they have things where they they put a debuff on people and then the people leave a trail behind them which i think is its own kind of interesting thing i want to see how that plays out can you imagine stuff where like you get trailed so you go behind a a corner and just sit there with like a shotgun or something i can
1: imagine can you imagine
0: i can imagine um i, I just imagine. i just feel like it's an, it's interesting because it's gonna both give like it's gonna create a weird gameplay moment of like do you want to follow that i mean you, you can you kind of know that the person is somewhere in an area because they just trailed they just left the trail uh that way but do you want to follow it like they might it's be holding also, that angle well,
1: you you do get a um you do get like a sort of sky dog that you yeah. can control so if someone is trailed, you can also, like, near sight them and then swing on them.
0: Mm-hmm. You can send the dog after them. And the dog apparently the goes forward, but it smells the trails, so it'll yeah. follow the trail. Yeah.
1: Well, it goes in the direction of your cursor, so you can guide it around terrain. Anyways, now we just discussed the whole kit. So, yeah, uh, she seems pretty cool. Uh, not a fan of the color palette, but that's fun.
0: I think, she, I think I like it. It's also, she's, like, black and she's, like, very dark, inky black and red. And I kind of... I think at least that that is not being like that has not been in the game yet, but uh, I think she looks good. I, I'm, I'm cool. excited for her. Um, Those are video games. She'll come games. out so like Wednesday or something. Games. Yeah, it's a lot of video games.
1: Played Wonderland. I've been playing Wonderlands, too. Don't have to talk about that. It's good. It's a good game. Fun.
0: We were playing. We were playing a lot of Guilty Gear. Testament is dope. I feel like we didn't Testament's really talk good. much about Testament. Testament. We've been
1: playing a lot of it, but we've been playing a little bit. A little
0: bit of it. Testament worked out, in my opinion, to be like the one of the most complete characters. Really like everything to do with their kit. Really want as to see. What's uh, yeah, like, like, but, like, I, I think we definitely said last time that kit-wise, uh, Biken and Testament feel the most done, like, regardless of whether, regardless of their strength, or, like, if Testament ends up being good or bad, I feel like the kit is complete and makes sense, and I can see why people would want to play this character, and less so for a lot of the other characters that released. I still don't like... And um, this, this is the end of season one, so I'm really interested to see what season two holds, and I, what I really hope is for a larger patch and maybe some new, a new mechanic or maybe adding new moves to characters. Like, if they can't figure out what to do with Faust, uh, he's definitely one of those characters that's, like, on the... Like, some of the characters in this game are, like, on the verge of being broken. Like, I feel like if Gold Lewis got, like... A little bit tweaked to be better there could be a chance in the future where it's just like Gold Lewis just locks you down and then kills you with uh, chip damage Um, uh, so I don't know I would like to see a big season 2 patch that really changes things really shakes things up make me want to play more characters make me more interested in the game again Um, uh, yeah and I can't think of anything else that's the
1: deal with games dude whoa a lot of video games out there. Yeah, got to admit,
0: They're, they are. It's a whole thing. You this know, in my is day, a whole podcast. About in my day, it. there was Monopoly and Twister, and then there was Pac Man and Miss Pac Man. And is now, this
1: not the deal with games
0: for the week of for the twenty fifth. Be with you.
1: <sighs> we got May the fourth coming up. Are you excited?
0: I I'm excited. It, it went away and I came back.
1: And uh... Isn't it so exciting that you get Cinco de Mayo and you get Star Wars day and they're like right next to each other. What do you think about that Lego Star Wars, man? People are loving that. What is that? Is that a movie? The new Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. It's a a game through all, all nine Star Wars movies, but it's a Lego game and you could play as like over a hundred different characters and they have different movesets. You haven't heard of this game. The best selling Lego game of all time. Wow. Recently released. For PC and Nintendo Switch. Keep going. That's it. Uh, this has been What's the Deal with Games? Uh, WTDG oh, we never talked about Ring.
0: <laughs> That's full dot break it down. .com
1: is uh, where you could find us. You could find us on your favorite streaming services, your Spotify's, your iTunes, What's the Deal with Games or WTDG Podcast, where you could rate, comment, and subscribe to the show, or on Twitter, at sign WTDG Podcast, to receive notifications about when the show goes live.
0: Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper, for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro... Oh, I wasn't going to say Revive, but it's You Can Get It off the new album Pop Songs 2020. That's uh, not new. It's not new. But it's on YouTube. But it is on YouTube where you can find links to all their merch. I own their shirt and their, their record, um, the album. Um And uh, what do we say? I forget every week, but there is something. Do we just not have it yet? I forget. We just don't have it. We just don't have it yet? Okay. That's an, that's an afterthought. We just don't have it.